0: NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Ruff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. All right, so I know this is Super Bowl Sunday and everybody's got a lot going on today, but today also marks a very somber anniversary. Today is the five-year anniversary of the murders of Abigail Williams and Liberty German, also known as the Delphi Murders. Five years in, this case still remains unsolved. And on this very somber day, I have a very, very special guest. I'm joined today by Kelsey German. She is the sister of Libby German. And I've asked her to come on the show to try to bring some light to a day that has always been so sad for everyone, including her. Kelsey is not here today to talk about the case. The details have been covered ad nauseum on a bunch of different podcasts and a bunch of different documentaries and TV series. I asked Kelsey to come on today because I want her to talk about Libby. I want us to take a few moments out of our day today to really learn who Libby was as a person, and Abby for as much as Kelsey knew Abby. And I think and I hope that you're going to be delighted to hear everything that Kelsey has to say about her sister. And I also wanted to talk to Kelsey a little bit about what her life has been like. So many times, the family members of victims get lost in the shuffle, and they're really not even allowed, at least on social media, to live their own life. And I want to give her the opportunity and the voice to be able to share what's going on with her life. So after a short break, please welcome Kelsey German. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications. And that's why yesterday I knew that you did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me. I know that you, given this week is the anniversary week that you are completely swamped with interviews. So I really appreciate you taking the time to Come on and speak with us and, and share some things with the audience.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me and sharing the girls' the story.
0: No problem, no problem at all. And as, as we talked off the air, I don't, you know, we've covered the case on this podcast on a number of occasions. You have covered it ad nauseum in a million places. So I, I don't think we really need, I, I really want to go over details of the case. People can get that in other places. But the real reason that I wanted to have you on is. I, I want to take an opportunity to try to just really focus in on two things. One is Libby and Abby to really to really bring them to life for us and put some focus on them. And and two, to talk a little bit about what it's like for you going through all this for these last five years as the sister of a, of a victim. Yeah. So first of all, can you, I mean, tell us, I know that there's, you get little blips of you here and there talking about talking about your sister, but but here we really have some time. Tell us about Libby and Abby. I, I know just recently I've been I was looking through your Twitter and you've been posting a lot of pictures and videos, and to be honest, some of them just brought me to tears just seeing what a vibrant person that that Libby was. So can you just tell us about your sister and her friend?
1: Yeah, you know it's just so important to share. All of that because it really does, like you said, it makes them real people to other people, and so I share them all the time for that reason. I just want people to know just how vibrant Libby was because Libby was the most amazing person I've ever met. Um, she just would walk into a room and her smile would be contagious. Every single person would just start smiling because she was just that kind of a light. She just wanted to make everybody happy. You know, she. She would describe herself as everybody's therapist because people would come to her with all of their problems and she would want to help them through every single one. So then they would continue to come back to her because that's who she was. She wanted to help people and make them happy and make them laugh. I mean, even in your hardest moments, she would say, shine brightest on your darkest days, which is the picture I showed today or Mm -hmm. yesterday. That's just who she was. She was the brightest person and so wise beyond her years, and just wanted to do everything. Um, And I think Abby was a lot the same way. I didn't didn't know her well. We'd hung out, but um, not to the extent that I knew Libby, Um, so we didn't spend as much time together. But she was always just so happy and loved having fun and enjoying her time doing whatever they did together. They would do arts and crafts and sports and hang out outside and just laugh. They were always laughing together.
0: I saw one of the pictures you put. I think you put it up today, a picture of the two of them doing something where they're completely covered in mud. What what was going on in that picture?
1: Yeah, that was actually me and Libby. Um, oh. It was right after her band concert. And I think my dad was outside doing something, and for some reason, there was a bunch of mud everywhere, and she just threw it at me. Um, and so we... <laughs> Ended up getting in a little bit of a mud fight and just had the most fun. Actually, she was the one that started it, but I can remember very vividly that when I threw it back at her, she yelled at me because she thought I was going to stain her band shirt. She was like, if that stains, I'm going to kick your butt. And I said, you're the one that started it. You can't do that. But that's how she was. She just loved having fun.
0: That that's great, and, and who was it? Was it you on the camera? There was you. You put a video up. You mentioned how she was a therapist, and like to make everybody, everybody smile. You had put up a video where she's just being goofy. Whoever's holding the camera, I don't know if that's you or who that is, is clearly trying not to smile, and and Libby is behind, just doing all sorts of goofy stuff to try to get the person with the camera to grin. Who is that with the camera? That was me. Yeah,
1: my my braces made my poker face not.
0: <laughs> Great. <but. laughs> that's awesome so um w- were her and and abby were they like super close for you know i know obviously they were friends they were together when this happened but were they like like growing up was that like her best friend were they together all the time or was it just one of one of many of her friends
1: libby had a few really close friends that she called best friends abby was one of them abby i think moved here in sixth grade i could be wrong but from the moment Abby moved here they were friends so as long as I can remember Abby was coming over to our house they had this saying uh, I don't I don't know why I just thought of it the other day so I haven't shared it very often but she had like nicknames for all of her friends so one of them she called her bestest friend and one of them was just her best friend but Abby was best friends until until the end even in the nursing home or until we die so like it was like a really long explanation, and that's her, like on Snapchat, that's what Libby had Abby's name on there as. And <laughs> I remember one time asking her what that meant, and she like gave me this long blurb, and so I can never remember the exact words, but it was definitely something along those lines. And so there were, just a, there were just a bunch of kids that were all just really close, and there's several of them, but they were all each other's best friends.
0: So what all was I love that the name that's that's a mouthful every time you want <laughs> to yeah. say who your best friend is. Uh, so what all I know she was in like what sports did did Libby play?
1: Um, everything she played soccer. She swam. She did volleyball, softball. <laughs> so she did a little bit of everything.
0: And then she was in the band too. What instrument did she play?
1: She played the saxophone. Her and Abby actually played the same instrument, so they sat next together, next to each other in the band.
0: Nice. Was she good at the saxophone? Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. So now, what about now? She was what? What grade was she in when when this happened? Eighth grade. She was in eighth grade. So in eighth grade, was she starting? Was she starting to get into boys at that point?
1: Oh yeah, I think everybody kind of traded boyfriends then, because. <laughs> um, there was there was one girl that was at one point her best friend and they were actually in a fight over a boy for a little bit so like they were like trading back and forth and like I can never remember any of their names but they were all really nice kids I remember she would tell me all about them and be like, oh my gosh guess I'm dating this week <laughs> and so it would, <laughs> it would go back and forth and she would tell me all of a sudden that that person she was dating that week is now dating her bestest friend or this person or this person and it was crazy like, web of eighth grade girl hormones right
0: <laughs> they're dating her best friend till the end even when they're in the nursing home friend
1: yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> did
0: did she have was she, i know she played all the sports was she good athlete or what was, what was her what was her best sport
1: she was really good at everything i loved watching her swim because that's what we did together and uh, watching her grow as a swimmer was awesome i remember she swam the 500 yard freestyle, which is insane to me, because that is by far the hardest I've ever swam. I, I don't really love swimming distance, but <laughs> she beat her time like that weekend before. She got like done in like seven minutes, which is fantastic for an eighth grader. And then she would play. She always was really good at softball. Softball and swimming were always my two favorite to watch her excel in.
0: What my daughter is a huge. First of all, I think people need to respect that swimming time because I learned through some training I did years ago that swimming is actually really hard. It was, <laughs> it was always fun when I was a kid. That when I had to actually do it for distances, that's I couldn't imagine even swimming 500 yards.
1: Yeah, well, when my my senior year, we had a new coach, and when he found out that I was Libby's sister, another girl mentioned, "Well, how cool would it be if your senior year you swam your sister's?" event and my coach was standing right there and he's like oh that's an awesome idea and how can I say no when this Mm -hmm. my teammates over here saying well you should swim your sister's events and now your coach is saying that's a good idea like now you have to do it and I'm not a distance swimmer I do sprints (laughs) and so I'm like a more of like a 50 yard free and like a hundred yard backstroke I can do this awesome you ask me to do a 500 yard swim I'm going to be in the pool for at least 15 minutes (laughs) <laughs> and so I swam the five hundred. I swam all of her events my entire senior year season of swimming, and I thought I was dying every time I got in the pool <laughs> for that. I was always the last person to get back to the beginning. My team, I was always on the end. So my team would be cheering me on because they knew why I was doing it. They they weren't even upset that my time sucked. They were, just, <laughs> right. they were encouraging me to keep going because I was doing it for my sister. And every day, I would curse her with every single stroke. I was like, gosh <laughs> darn it, you couldn't just <laughs> swam the freaking 50 free. <laughs> I would swim that for you every day.
0: That's great. So, so you got roped into the, the, the all that long-distance swimming. Did you, uh, I, I, did you meddle in any of those long-distance ones, or were you, did you just get through them?
1: I just got through them. <laughs> she did. The 200 free and then the 500 free. So hers were all distance swimming and I got to do I got to do my own events too, but when I did those, I felt like I was always in last place. I think there were a couple times I did well in the 200, but when it came to the 500 I wasn't even really trying that hard because you just like you don't think about how like out of breath you're going to be when you're swimming, right're <laughs> right. You're, you're like you're swimming these strokes and you're like I get to breathe. It's just swimming this should be easy. No, that stuff is way hard.
0: So there's people like already drying themselves off on the side of the pool as you're finishing up your 500 yards.
1: Well, except they have to stay in the pool until I'm done. So how embarrassing <laughs> oh, no. is that? Like, they're all done in like, what, I think the best time has always been like five to seven minutes. Sometimes it would take 10 and I'm still like, I still have like two more hundred yards or something. <laughs> I mean, that's embarrassing.
0: but I didn't care. I was like, Whatever. <laughs> Now, what, what is the age difference? Is it, is it th- about three years? How, what was the, the age difference between you and Libby?
1: Yeah, about three years. I think I've been getting it mixed up. I'm not really, I can never do the math. So I was born in January of 2000, and she was born in December of 2002. So I'm thinking it's just about three years.
0: Yeah, it looks like just a month shy of three years. I'm actually writing that down and was doing quick math cuz yeah. I can't do it in my head either.
1: <laughs> I have to think about it. I'm like I I know when we were born. I, I just never think of her being that much younger than me. But I know it has to be around 2 to 3 years cuz I remember my mom always saying that she wanted to have kids about 3 years apart.
0: Yeah, well, and you know when you're when you're 13 and 16, 3 years seems like a big gap, but mm-hmm. you know, as time goes on, 5 years later that it seems less and less like like a, a gap in age. Because you know she would be, she would be what going into she'd be graduating high school by now, right?
1: Yeah, she would be starting. Well, she would just be finishing her freshman year of college,
0: right? So upset now for you. This obviously just sent ripples through your life into the like even in, and you still have high school to finish. You know, even so much of the, the swim team as you were swimming her strokes. I I don't think people consider. What an impact this has on the family members of of the victims. Have you, as a matter of fact, when we were you and I were on a panel at CrimeCon last year, and um, I mentioned you had you had mentioned kind of in passing that that you had got engaged, in that you were afraid to even share that information because everybody expects you to be one hundred percent focused on nothing but. Libby and, and, and Libby's case. Like, like, what has it been like for you? And, and I know that you, I mean, you're such a, an amazing advocate, and you've done so much to try to help move the case along and, and help keep people informed. But at the same time, that's a hell of a burden to put on a teenager. What, was, what has it been like, that aspect of things been like for you over the last five years? I'd say
1: this has been the most traumatizing thing I've ever been through. And a huge learning experience. Because first off, you're you're traumatized because of the loss and the way they were lost and you're the last person to have seen them or other than the killer, I guess. But on top of that, you have to relive the experience over and over again because you're sharing the story and you feel like you have to do all of the interviews or you have to keep telling people about it because you feel like a sense of like, it's almost, it's survivor's guilt. That's the best way I can put it is you feel... Like, because you're still living, you have to continue sharing that story and continuing to put the word out there to get answers and to fight for justice. And so, I think on top of that and all of that and being traumatized, I also had to learn how to grieve and cope and get through that trauma. And then it just keeps almost, you have to relive it every single year when you're doing it all over again.
0: Yeah, I I imagine it's awful. And then, like, it was heartbreaking for me to hear you. You say that you were, if you, if you shared, you know, things that were going on in your personal life outside of the case, the people are actually, there are actually people that will like attack you online for that.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think I get, I got so many messages after me and my, when my ex broke up, um, people were like messaging us saying like, oh, finally, so glad that happened. And so I think I just expected a backlash for everything I do. Like no matter what I do, I expect some sort of negative feedback from people, which is hard because you're in all of these really exciting times in your life. You're like, wow, I'm getting married, I'm graduating from college, and all of these awesome things are happening for me. And then people are saying, well, you shouldn't be so excited about that. You shouldn't be happy because this is happening. Like, you need to be more focused on the case. But then, as soon as I stop focusing on all these good things in my life, and I start putting a new almost like starting to look at the case again and like putting myself back out there, people are like, well, why are you so focused on the case? Why are you talking so much? Um, and then you have to go through all of that trauma. So it's almost like no matter what you do, you're never perfect for anybody.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so hard. People don't think, you know, I, um, I've i gotten to know pretty well Amanda Knox, and I'm sure you're familiar with the case, but those are, you know, she was <laughs> Convicted and then and then exonerated and the, the man that actually killed Meredith Kircher has been has been convicted. She's an innocent woman. And she said something very you know her whole life. She's like, I, I can't share anything. If I if I share I'm getting married, then she'll get a hundred messages from people saying, Well, you know who's not getting married? Meredith. You shouldn't be, you know, living your life like this. Because it's it just seems like it's so unfair and so hard. For you know, in her case, the situation is a little different than yours. But like for you, as as like the the family member of a victim, like you're not allowed to live your life. Mm-hmm. That people have all these crazy expectations for you.
1: Yeah, it's almost as if you can't do anything until justice is served, and even after justice is served, you're you're still going to be afraid that people are going to judge whatever you're doing and how you're living your life because that person doesn't get to live their life. But I think at the end of the day, what helps me is knowing that I know my sister and I know how much she loved me and she knew how much I loved her and how much I continue to love her. And she wouldn't want me to live a life of sadness and depression. She wouldn't want me to be going around moping all day and being single and living in a house by myself and being upset because she's gone and feeling guilty because she's gone and even feeling guilty for living. She wouldn't want me to do that. She would want me to live the best life and have the best life and live life the way she deserves to live.
0: One thing I'd like to do with this is to let people know that that's okay. And one, I, one thing I've, I've, I don't think anybody's that I've heard is, is asked of you, can you share with us what what, outside of the case, just what has been going on in your life for the last five years?
1: In the last five years, I feel like so much has changed. In the beginning, I was still in high school. So I didn't really, I was young, I'm still young, but I was younger and I didn't know how to cope or grieve and so I was super sad and depressed and upset and then when I finally did start sharing the story and talking to people, um, I kind of found myself again Um, and that, that just being able to know who you are and finding a passion has helped me so much. And living my life has helped me so much. So once I was able to break out of that, I graduated high school. Then I went to college to get a degree that I ended up hating, and dropped that and switched schools, and then moved back and back home. And going, I'm going to a school that's a lot closer to home, mm-hmm. and started a degree in psychology and forensic science so that I could help people that were going through what I'm going through, and just to be able to help them and help myself at the same time because I get to help them with their traumas and also work through mine at the same time because I'm learning so much that I can I can make relevant to myself when I'm learning it. Um, And then now I am graduating college in May. I got out of a relationship that wasn't very healthy for me in February of 2020, and now I get to marry the love of my life and spend the rest of my life with him. He helps me so much, and that that never would have happened if I would have let the trolls and negative energy affect me more. And I did. If I didn't realize that it was okay to live, I would not be with Caleb right now, and I would not be graduating college and happy and living my best life.
0: That, that's amazing I, I'm, I'm, on a lot of levels. I think it's it's incredibly cool that you are getting that you're getting a degree in forensic science and psychology. That's like Jim Clemente uh, criminal profiler stuff, which is fascinating. But it's it it's cool that you've taken that energy and put it into a positive place like that. And, and you said you're gra- you're getting ready to graduate in May. Yeah. Oh, con- congratulations! That's it's amazing. It's, I don't know. It's just so amazing to me that all that can be happening behind the scenes with everything you're dealing with that you've that you've successfully you know, almost you're almost there successfully navigated college. I just I just think I think that's awesome. And then you yeah, you had told us last year at CrimeCon about your engagement to Caleb. So do you guys have a wedding date set yet?
1: We do. We get married June 25th.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Inside or outside?
1: Outside, hopefully. <laughs>
0: <Right>? <laughs> we're in the we're I, I only live about 2 hours from you, so we make sure you have a backup plan here in the Midwest. For,
1: Definitely.
0: <laughs> outside outside weddings. Oh, <laughs> uh, that that is absolutely fantastic. So do you know once you graduate are you are you looking to get into the police force or what are you hoping to do with your degree?
1: Right now I'm pretty open to anything. Um, but, um, the best I can say is that I'm taking a year off, but then I'm going to go to grad school to get my PsyD, So then I can open my own practice. Hopefully eventually then I can help people who have been through traumas, especially traumas that I've had to deal with and go through. Um, And hopefully I'm able to help them in that way. Um, But also I would love to be a victim's advocate for the rest of my life and help people forever. So joining a police force would be an awesome opportunity, but I'm really open to anything. That means I get to help people, especially people who I I want to be able to help people know that there's somebody out there that understands what they're going through.
0: That's amazing. I'm sure you're going to be fantastic about it. I mean, you're an incredible communicator, and and your passion is amazing, and you have the life experience. So I'm I'm sure you're going to be the best at at that if you get to open up your own practice or whatever you do. And so, what is the uh, the 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 husband to be? What does he do, or what? Where does he fit in all this? Does he already have a career? Is he in school? Uh,
1: he's actually kind of in a trade school, so he works for an internet company. And he does internet and cable, and he's working towards a degree through them, where he'll do like he'll move up in the internet and cable business, which is he loves doing it. So
0: that's awesome. No purchase necessary for you prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How's the rest of your family doing?
1: Um, I mean, at this time of year, it's it's tough. We push through it. Um, we definitely hold tight to each other this time of year. So we have a lot of phone calls. Um, I actually do a lot of my interviews there so that I can be with them and just Rally around each other. Um, I have the best family. They're so supportive and kind, and we all just want to be there for each other, which um, I'm so thankful for.
0: That's great. You know, and the only thing that that I, I I want to touch on as far as anything to do with the case is you've been very you, you've had to you've you've had to navigate all sorts of media coming at you. Everything from TV to podcasters to uh, and you and I just spoke a little bit at CrimeCon, uh, and you were you were saying you, know, you you've you've kind of learned to figure out who's kind of hearts in the right place and are doing this for the right reasons. And one thing that you've done is, it seems like every six months or year, there's a new big lead in the case on the internet, and then everybody starts blowing you know blowing up all over who they think the, the killer is. And you've always been very good about getting on and telling people slow down stop sharing this you know you know and, and, just, and just keeping people in check One thing I noticed is that this whole thing that came out a few months ago uh, about the, the the snapchat profile that Anthony shots person whatever I noticed that you had that the, the first of all the state police shared in the used Abby and Libby's tip line for people to to um, give any information about him. So we assume it had some connection to the case and then you had, you had actually shared that as well. If, if you were, I don't know if you're, if you're free to share, have you guys got any kind of feeling from that, from the police? If, if the Anthony shot, the guy that was, that, that created that profile has any connection to the case?
1: I know a lot. Um, especially with that now, um, I think, Anything that police shares is relevant. And so whenever law enforcement puts something out there like that, it's definitely important. We definitely have to share it. Um, they've never told us how it's connected or even if it's connected. So hopefully um, we'll get those answers eventually. But I definitely think this is something that they think is really important. And we're going to continue to share it because they they've been very specific in telling us that they need us to share that they're looking for people who have ever had connections with this account. So if if somebody's talked to this account on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever it may be, it's just really important that they go to law enforcement and say, hey, I've talked to this person or to this account or whatever, and know that they're not going to be judged or in any kind of trouble because they did talk to that account five years ago. Because Obviously, people do talk to accounts like that, and now they're these people that did talk to this account are older and wiser now, and so turning it in is going to be extremely helpful to us. I believe.
0: Okay, great. Now, as you're, there's also there's been a lot of speculation from people. There's certainly frustration from the media side of things that the, the police have really stayed so tight lipped about the case. I mean, there's speculation about how w- well you and the family get along with it. Have you guys had a pretty good relationship with the state police throughout all the investigation?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think we've been able to stay so close with our detectives because they are so connected to our case. They they take our case personally. And so because of that, they are doing absolutely everything they can to get this solved. And with that, they call us and update us whenever they can. and. They answer our text messages, even if I text them at one in the morning on Super Bowl Sunday, I'll get a text back. Like, it'll still happen. They'll still message me and make sure that whatever question I have is answered in the best way they can. And we've been really lucky to have that. I think a lot of cases don't have that good relationship with the detectives working on their family member's case, which is so sad to me. But we've been incredibly lucky to have a group of amazing investigators working on this and working on our side and staying with us this whole time.
0: That's great. And I'm I'm glad you were able to share that because I I, I hear that so much. There's a lot of people, because the case isn't solved yet, have really been at a very negative attitude towards the police. So I'm I'm glad to hear from you who is actually working with them and know what's going on. You feel that they're doing their best work and that's all that any of us can can hope for. Uh, So I'm glad that that's the case the last thing that that and i'm kind of putting you on the spot but the last thing that i want to, uh, thought we would do before we close things out on the anniversary today is there do you have a favorite libby story from growing up any any story you can think of that that you think people would like to hear about about just just her your sister mm. there was this one time so
1: we still lived with my dad at the time i don't remember if my mom still lived with us or not um but we were at our house in downtown delphi and there was this big tall tree out back and we i would drive the you remember like the barbie jeep things that were popular
0: oh yeah yeah
1: and like the early like i was like five maybe and i was driving this little barbie jeep around the tree and i would drive around it in circles and libby would be sitting next to me and we would we would do that for hours and there was one time we were driving the Jeep out of our garage and into the backyard. And there was a snake on the ground. And I hit my brakes super hard and almost ran into the tree because I was terrified. I don't, I don't like snakes. I don't do <laughs> snakes at all. And Libby got out of the Barbie Jeep and picked up the snake <laughs> and was started chasing me with this thing. Like, she wanted the, me to touch the snake. And I was not having it. That was awful. <laughs> and she was just laughing and smiling. And she was like, Kelsey is just a snake. And she didn't say like that. She was just like three. But, like, she was <laughs> so adamant that I needed to touch this freaking snake. And I don't remember if I ever did. But I that picture of that moment has always been in my mind. Like, I've never forgotten, like, that thing happening. Like, I've just always remembered it.
0: It seems like it wraps up a couple things about her personality into one one that she has is funny and likes to have a good time. And two, that she was fearless. Absolutely. Because I'm with you. I would I hate snakes and I would have been running the other way as fast as I could.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I ran screaming to the house and left Libby outside alone and like or not alone, but wherever my dad was and like went gotten as far away from that thing as I could. Snakes disgusting
0: i don't want anything to do with it well kelsey i I won't take up any more of your time but i want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me congratulations on the engagement the upcoming wedding and your graduation from college i mean these are those are amazing you've got an exciting couple of months coming up um so i'm really happy for you and thank you again so much for taking the time to speak with me
1: yeah absolutely thank you for having me
0: Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondering. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing and sound engineered by Shane Yoder. All music for the show is created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com, who also mixed and mastered this episode. All of our font across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, truthandjusticepod.com, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. And a big thank you to our transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McAlaney, Charlena White, Kaywood Yomnik, Ginger Fiola, Edith Swanneck, Lindsay Pease, Erica Cantor, and Jen Reese Incandela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we also have reward levels. For just $5 a month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes videos of the creation of our Friday follow-up episodes that always include 10 to 30 minutes of pre-show bonus chat. Other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. To become a patron, just go to patreon.com truthandjustice. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. And I personally can be found on social media at BobRuffTruth and Mike can be found at MerbGaming. M-U-R-R-B-G-A-M-I-N-G. Don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice.